Welcome to the Performance Health Podcast. My name is Tim Karen. Today we're going to be talking about practical about nutrient timing. It's a pretty heavy topic. We talked a lot about circadian and energy and our A principles. Now we're going to talk about timing, relatively speaking, to a goal. This is an important connotation to think about because if I wanted to gain weight and I'm utilizing a strategy that doesn't build tissue, maybe I need to rethink that. If I want to lose weight and I'm utilizing a strategy that's building tissue, maybe I want to rethink that. It's going to be a really, really deep module that I want you to really pause, take some notes, go through this, get on the curriculum because it's just too important and too valuable and too much to not have that curriculum access. phpodcast.com pH curriculum, the most advanced strength conditioning curriculum on the market bar none. This is a perfect example. You're going to go through this podcast and go, wow, this is a lot to unpack. Got to get over the curriculum, get a nutritional course, go through all of the pre-modules because I talked a lot about how the endocrine system functions here. So go back to that module. I talked a lot about duality, talked a lot about metabolism. Go back through those modules. The information's there. You just got to get on it. The PH curriculum is broken up into four sections, training, nutrition, movement, and coaching. It's got debates and lectures section. It's got a full-on forum. It's gonna be an amazing resource for you to become a really good coach. If you're going through this, scratching your head, going, this is a lot, you gotta get on the curriculum because that's a support. That's what this is built upon. phpodcast.com, PH curriculum, become a member, get access to a ton of great stuff, plus discounts and opportunities to get stuff on. We're offering through our website for everybody. So we have strength deficit, which is a good example. This is leveraging eccentric versus concentric ratios. This is how to become a coach that understands a framework that might improve someone who has very drastically different positional needs or drastically different needs from their sport, like running over a line faster or throwing something really far or playing offensive versus offensive line versus playing wide receiver. Understanding archetypes, understanding how to create eccentric or concentric strength ratios is a really powerful tool to change that. But with that comes the companion course. So get on there, get the strength deficit book, and then once you're done with the book, go out there and buy that course. That course is going to be your companion guide, the practical, the boots on the ground. I got the fundamental reason why I need this and how to do or what this actually actually goes on in the background. Now I want to know how to apply it. Now I want to get the first-hand look at someone that's applied this, that's crafted this, that created the framework, that has implemented this, and his intake, his interpretation of how he did that. That's where the course comes in. This is the companion guide to that book. Both are going to be instrumental. I highly recommend you get both. Lastly, realize.me. Your dashboard to create experiments, to see the power of your interventions or the lack thereof, to get access and sequestering labs, creating or getting discounts on supplements. This is an amazing resource for a coach that wants to understand the impact of their training as well as getting access, accessibility to stuff that's gonna make them better and know what they're doing on a higher level. Realize.me, your command center for all health and wellness performance, which is a great segue into nutrient timing. 
how do we time our goals? How do we organize our, our training? How do we check to see what if our training did relatively speaking to that goal? Is a great question to ask. Realize.me will help you with that. Let's go into this nutrient timing practical. This is a really, really deep one, so I hope you guys enjoy. And then we'll see you guys next week when we have our interview with the strength coach. We have John Parenti on. Man, that was awesome. So a lot of great stuff coming down the pipe. Hope you guys are enjoying. We'll see you guys next week. So if you listen to our A on this one, man, we went deep into Sarcadian, right? And this goes into a more fundamental aspect of anything nutrition-wise. The concept that we can kind of just gloss over habits or underlying physiology or looking at systems between endocrine, immune, nervous, cardiovascular, and granted, everything works in this integrated holistic system and that the general concept of reducing it down to its individual parts the hope that we can piece it back together is flawed but still doesn't change the fact that hey your immune system's not really good your central nervous system's not really good your cardiovascular system's not very good your endocrine system's not very good and probably interrelated with each other and they're probably all bad and when we jump to these concepts of nutrient timing or anything we're adjusting calories or macronutrients without looking at the underlying systems, we missed a critical step that health takes precedence over performance, that the function of the system in its whole is more important than any individual component or method that we could do. So when we're talking about nutrient timing and I'm going into this, well, what's your cellular physiology look like? What does your circadian biology look like? That if I have poor sleep-wake cycles, my cortisol rhythm, my leptin rhythm, my ability to utilize energy that's circulating in the body from outside sources or internal sources is gonna be disrupted. And timing of nutrients is therefore kind of obsolete, relatively speaking. So it's all well and good to talk about, yeah, man, I got this great protocol where I'm just fasting all day and I have carbohydrates at night. Compared to what? What does that mean? Is that even sustainable? That is a critical aspect of nutrition that I struggle with to this day. It's the putting the cart before the horse syndrome. It's the, I don't have what I want, so I'm going to start to apply methods to figure out how to get it. It's a lot more foundational than that. It's a lot more simple than that. It really is. It's this elephant in the room. We're talking about making change body compositionally or lean muscle mass wise or performance. It's I can just throw protocols and methods at something and hope, or I can look at a more fundamental truth of how a person's central nervous system is just bad. And I know that because their HRV is really low, their resting heart rate is really high, their heart rate recovery is really poor, their oxygen saturation at a muscular level is really bad. You should just do some more zone two. <laughs> you should go to bed earlier, wake up at the same time, Get more natural light. 
No, you could fast. I get it. You could, you could go a card backloading approach. You could do any of these things. But I'll tell you this: if you can just go to bed earlier, if you can do these things, you're going to be a lot better off. But it doesn't change the fact that one, one day we want to get to the point of nutrient timing, and there are nutrient timing elements that we could do, regardless of poor functioning systems, right? And we talked about that with the idea of seasonal eating and timing your energy or high energy yielding foods like carbohydrates at times where you need high energy. That you want to utilize certain nutrients at certain parts of the day that are going to have the most return. We want to utilize certain nutrients at other parts of the day that maybe slow gastric emptying or minimize the effect of insulin when we want when we have these high energy producing hormones going through the body like cortisol or catecholamines we want that we want to time amino acids during certain parts of the day when we're great focus and energy we want to have certain amino acids at certain points of the day when we want to relax and fall into a a deep restful sleep There are some elements that we can tie in from a nutrient timer perspective that's going to be universal and accepted that we're going to be able to do at any point, regardless of my underlying physiology, if my central nervous system, immune system, cardiovascular system, endocrine system all suck, doesn't change the fact that midday carbohydrates are probably better than morning or night, that certain amino acids are better in the morning or night, that certain times for taking in fat around when I'm taking high energy foods or when I have high energy producing internal mechanisms going on makes sense. That's the point of nutrient timing to me. It's not these like generic rules of post-workout carbohydrate, make sure it's high glycemic. Well, what's the underlying ability to utilize that? It's not this, oh, you should only eat red meat in the morning. Like it's not, it's not that. It's much more, it's much more hard, hard rule thing that I'm looking at. So when we're thinking about nutrient timing, it's just very simply, how do I leverage fats, carbs, and proteins throughout the day to get a specific goal more directly? I want to gain weight. What do I need to do? I want to lose weight. What do I need to do? And that's something that I think is so important foundational to grasp any concept. What is it relative to? What do you want? I really want to do this protocol of fasting. What do you want? I want to gain weight. It's an awful protocol. Don't do it. You're restricting calories. Yeah, but I heard it increases mTOR pathways. You're going to be in a deficit because you're not going to eat as much as you possibly should. There's a first rule of thermodynamics is energy is not created nor destroyed. If you are in a deficit, you cannot build new tissue. That should be logical. Yeah, but I've already heard that if you fast, you can be more efficient with the nutrient that you get. Doesn't change the truth about the universe that we're a collection of atoms and molecules that form tissue. And if we don't have the underlying prerequisite stuff that makes that tissue, we'll not 
reach that goal. We can't go through translation and transcription without amino acids. We can't go through protein synthesis without insulin and IGF-1. We can't create those new tissues without those amino acids converting to peptides, converting into a protein. We can't maintain that tissue without having muscle glycogen. We can't create the cell walls within those tissues without some sort of phospholipids from fat. We can't create more tissue if we're in a deficit. So if I don't have any context what that's relative to, if I don't really have any reason why I'm doing it in the first place, I just want to do it, it will be what it will be. It was a random thought that will be dropped as soon as it becomes inconvenient. As soon as it becomes too hard. Like fasting without a context is hard. Yeah, we can go off of these like generic health aspects. Like, oh, you're gonna improve the system's function. You're gonna improve the ability to, to reduce inflammation throughout your body and brain. And you'll increase mTOR pathways because you have to be more efficient with what you got in maintaining tissue. Yeah, great. But if you don't have any kind of underlying reason behind doing it, you'll stop as soon as it becomes inconvenient. And you'll apply in this ad hoc method of, of doing it when you feel guilty or when you want to repent for your pre- previous transgressions. I can't tell you how many times I've heard in the past 20 years of this of doing this. So I like to fast after I have a shitty night of eating. So you're just repenting for, for not having good impulse control? Like that's your counter? Was that going to lead to on the back end this caloric restriction for a period of time? Are you going to eat like shit again? That's not very productive. It doesn't give you permission to do whatever the hell you want on the back end of, of a, a shitty cycle. So when we're thinking about nutrient timing, again, leveraging fats, carbs, and proteins throughout the day at specific times, it has to come down to what do you want? Do you want to gain weight? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to add muscle? Do you want to lose fat? These are all important connotations as you start to break down why you do anything. Why you do anything will dictate how you do anything, how you do everything. If you have no underlying reason, it will be the product of what you thought about in the first place. Any protocol is going to be that. So if we're looking through this and we're thinking about that bigger arching goal, I want to gain weight, I want to lose weight. Great. Let's talk about carbohydrates then. Carbohydrates are high energy. That's an energy yielding nutrient. The rate of energy product release is going to be contingent upon the process, the how broken down it is. So monosaccharides will have more immediate energy than starches. Monosaccharides are a single sugar molecule, and you got disaccharides, so two sugars, polysaccharides, and starches. Right? It just it fractals out. The more broken down that energy into its single molecule form, the more immediate that energy is. 
And we talked about this in our previous principles module. The availability of the energy will have a more direct impact on insulin production. Insulin is this anabolic hormone. Insulin builds, builds tissues, builds fat, builds muscle, et cetera, et cetera. So you're thinking, when do I need a lot of energy? I need it when I replenish glycogen. Glycogen is a big rate limiting step for protein synthesis. Glycogen is really important for aiding and abetting recovery. Then when I have muscle glycogen, it probably body feels it's in a state that I can function a little bit better. We're kind of hardwired that way. When we see a lot of energy yielding foods, we have a very high ability to overeat it. Because we want glycogen being filled up because quite frankly, we don't know how long we're going to be able to go without eating again. That throughout the most of our, our species existence, food scarcity is a real thing. Omnipresent food is not something that's our bodies evolved to have to yet. This is a modern problem. The fact that we have obese people is a modern problem. So when we're looking at energy yielding foods like carbohydrates, we need to tie that into when, probably when I'm utilize, need a lot of energy or gonna use a lot of energy. And that becomes our first rule of, of when we're thinking about carbohydrate ingesting. When will I expend energy? Is it at work? Is it when I'm working out? And you think about you think about the manual labors of the world, you know, and I, the funny part is you see like you go to like a restaurant or a diner and you see this lumberjack breakfast with a stack of pancakes, eggs, bacon, a ton of calories, a ton of high glycemic foods, a ton of foods that are going to give immediate energy and probably create a blood sugar crash. But the bottom line is you have a thousand calories plus of food in a plate in front of you to be able to do a very arduous and manual labor type of job. A lumberjack breakfast to be followed with being sedentary for multiple hours on end is kind of silly. So when we're thinking about the bigger picture of ingesting energy for some sort of greater, more fundamental reason has to be activity contingent. When am I working out? What am I doing? Am I going for a marathon? Do I need a lot of carbohydrates for that? Probably. Unless you have this other fundamental like fat adapted approach. But for the most part, you're probably going to need a lot of carbohydrates and you're probably going to need a lot of carbohydrates during and you're probably going to need a lot of carbohydrates post. So when will you need a lot of energy determines on how much and what type. And again, the what type goes into what your goals are. Right, so if I want to gain weight, man, high glycemic, the better. And we'll talk about that in our case study. Man, if I can get someone with just a bunch of simple sugars, some sort of glucose, some sort of monosaccharide blend, man, that is catalytic to protein synthesis pathways if someone is insulin sensitive or a sub 10% body fat for a male. It is, it is playing with a loaded deck when you have someone who's got below 10% body fat and you're throwing high glycemic carbs post-workout. I'm telling you, 
It is the easiest thing in the world. You watch people blow up. I work with an athlete, extremely lean. He was six foot six, 240, wanted to get to 270 because he played defensive line. We were able to get him leaner and bigger by just knowing how to time carbohydrates. I'm telling you. We got him to 267. He dropped from 3.5% to 2.7%. Tested multiple times in a bod pod and skin caliper. Genetic freak. Absolutely off the charts in terms of his ability to respond to insulin. It just is what it is. But when you know how to leverage that, it is a powerful, I mean powerful, change in someone's body composition and someone's muscle mass. But it comes down to the fundamental thing of timing carbohydrates, whether it's low or high glycemic, around when we need a lot of energy. Very simple. And the more we need energy, whether it's longer duration or more physical exertion within a period of time, the more carbohydrates become more foundational. Someone utilizing a lower carbohydrate approach when they want to gain muscle is it's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. You're going to go through these pathways that's just going to break down and degradate proteins and it's not going to create the outcome you want. It's just not. And you look at it from the context of if there's mitochondria present, they're probably better at producing acetyl-CoA. When we look at type 2 muscles versus type 1, type 2 muscles are very mitochondrial deficient, where type 2 or type 1 is very mitochondrial rich. Type 1 muscle fibers are just more efficient in terms of producing and utilizing energy. There's going to be more acetyl-CoA when there's more mitochondria, and type 1 muscle fibers are going to be that. We're trying to develop robust performance or high muscular tissue, it's a type two activity. You're not gonna have a lot of muscle, you're not gonna have a lot of mitochondria present. You wanna improve mitochondrial function by improving capillary density and stroke volume through just good <coughs> cardiovascular function. See our cardiovascular module we did to recover from these anaerobic things that we're doing, but make no bones about it. You want to put on muscle, you want to run faster, jump higher, you're going to need a lot of two, two muscle fibers. There's not a lot of mitochondria there. It's a very glucose glycogen dependent muscle fiber. And if you don't have glucose or glycogen, you don't have a lot of type two muscle or you don't have a lot of type two muscle functioning very well. You just don't. These are facts. These are really important to know. So if I'm saying there, I want to gain weight. Remember, we we're talking about what's this relative to. And we talked about what's a relative from a health perspective in our principles. But now in this one, it's what our goals are. I want to gain weight, but I want to go a low-carb approach. I want to make money, but I want to spend it all. I want to be, I want to have savings, but I don't want to be able to, I don't want to have to not spend. You're paying Peter to pay, like pay Paul. You're taking for Peter to pay Paul. What you do, what you're doing isn't congruent with each other. It's not relative to a goal. You're just choosing a method or a protocol that has no context to what you want to accomplish. 
you're falling victim to the environment of influence that, quite frankly, wasn't well thought out in the begin with. It is so easy for an influencer to say, just go ketogenic because you're going to lose water weight. You're going to deplete your body of a major nutrient and it could be a drop in calories. It's not sustainable. The health benefits are there. They absolutely are. But you got to look at something like a ketogenic diet, what is relative to. It's based off of looking at people with epilepsy and trying to reduce the rate of seizures. That's where it started from. It's a medical-based diet. It is fasting mimicking. Fasting is just the body's pretense of where glucose is available. And if it doesn't perceive glucose to be available, it thinks you're in a fasted state and starts to produce ketones. But again, glycogen and glucose are foundational for type 2 muscle, whether it's type 2A, type 2B, type 2X, the bigger, the, the later the letter, the more, less mitochondria they are, and the more glycogen and glucose is important. But if I have a lot of energy needed, if I expend a lot of energy, and I want to gain muscle, you're damn right you want to learn how to leverage carbohydrates to get it. Facts. Bottom line. No way around it. No if and bones about it. Like you have to understand that's the first rule for a reason. If you want to lose weight, it goes in the opposite direction, which goes into rule number two. Fats are necessary when we're not expending a lot of energy. Said differently, fats are necessary when the body has a lot of capability of producing a lot of energy without outside sources of energy. We're going through gluconeogenic pathways. We're going through lipolysis. We're, we're liberating fatty acids from adipose tissue, from catecholamines and cortisol, because we don't have a lot of energy presence. So when you wake up, when you wake up and you're trying to you know, navigate the morning, getting your fresh cup of joe, that dopamine release, that blocking of adenosine receptors, that's all foundational to utilizing more of the body's internal internal energy, which is from our adipose tissue. Stimulate alpha cell receptors, go through lipolysis, liberate fatty acids. Fatty acids entered enter into the circulating system. So over time, you start to get to this outlet of, hey, now I feel pretty good. I'm producing a lot of energy. I don't need a lot of carbohydrates at that point. Now, it's barring a contingent upon if you're exercising first thing in the morning. If you are, it is what it is. You need carbohydrates to be able to do that, especially if you want to gain weight. Now, if you want to lose weight, fats are your ally. Slows gastric emptying. Does not lead to a lot of adiposity or increasing of adipose tissue. Ironically enough, doesn't stimulate insulin, doesn't want to build tissues. Now, excess calories, that's a problem. And we have a high propensity to overeat if we have high fat and high carbohydrates simultaneously. So you're thinking, when I need a lot of energy expenditure, go back to rule one. Carbohydrates are my best tool to do that. When I don't need a lot of energy expenditure, go back to rule number two. Fats are your best ally in this. And tie that in, relatively speaking, to a goal. If I want to gain weight, tip the scales to carbohydrates. If I want to lose weight, tip the scales to fat. 
and going back into this process of, okay, gain weight, peri-workout carbohydrates, pre, getting some sort of glucose in the system, maybe a slower burning or slower breaking down one, so more disaccharide, polysaccharide blend. During workout, maybe I want a higher, higher breaking down one, maybe I want to utilize more amino acids to stave off glycogen depletion. And then post-workout, if I want to gain weight and I'm insulin sensitive, let her rip. Put as much high glycemic system stuff in the system as you possibly can tolerate. Comparatively, if I want to lose weight, peri-workout nutrition changes quite a bit. Timing changes quite a bit. Maybe you don't want to have an insulin releasing carbohydrate pre, intra, and post. Maybe you want to utilize something like a UCAN, which is a non-insulin impacting starch. Maybe you want to utilize more amino acids. Maybe you want to utilize a protocol without carbohydrates post-workout. <coughs> Key being is what's it relative to? What do you want to accomplish? Fundamental question. Do you want to gain? Do you want to lose? Do you want muscle? Do you want to lose fat? That's it. And we're going to go into our third rule. Protein is important at all times of the day to maintain your amino acid pool. But some amino acids are more relative to the morning, comparatively speaking, to the night. Put in there, put in my module a pretty good graphic on dopamine releasing amino acids versus looking at things like serotonin and GABA releasing based amino acids. Those are going to have really important impacts on the, on the day and the function throughout that day. That if we look at what I need to do at certain parts of the day, that certain amino acids are just going to be more relevant than others. But more importantly, more foundational is what's your amino acid pool? That we need all of our essential and non-essential amino acids filled up throughout the day. So having a steady drip of protein throughout the day is important. That breaking down my body weight gram goal of protein spread out the entire day is a critical step. I mean, if you are including a fasting protocol, I highly suggest supplementing with amino acids during a fasting period. It's not going to impact your ketogenic. It's going to only impact the amino acid pool, which helps preserve muscle mass and maybe stave off losing glycogen or maybe losing some sort of energy substrate that helps us function at a higher level. When we look at intra-workout, when we start to deplete glycogen, we start to deplete body storage of glucose or the muscle storage of glucose, we start to deplete our ATP. The ability to have faster ATP reproduction and performance increase will be benefited by potentially having creatine, which shown to improve ATP production during workouts. That's a peptide, which is going to break down into amino acids. I can look at it from having leucine, which is an amino acid that not only post-workout improves mTOR pathways, but intra-workout is an energy substrate that helps stave off glycogen depletion. And then glutamine, which also staves off glycogen depletion. So the more glycogen I have throughout the workout, the better performance I'll have towards the end of that workout and the faster or easier it is to replenish that. Bottom line is amino acids during periods of the day are gonna have a profound impact on the bottom line of improving either gaining or losing weight or gaining muscle or losing fat. When we're thinking about all this stuff, 
it really just comes down to glycogen. If you want to build muscle, if you want to gain weight, you need to focus on glycogen repletion or filling your glycogen stores with glucose versus we need to look at glycogen depletion if you want to lose weight or lose fat. Boom. That's your rule. That's what decides this. That's going to give you that clarity on really how this functions. That if you want to be in an anabolic surplus or a catabolic or, or anabolic state or a catabolic state, it's depending on what your glycogen vector is. Anabolic glycogen build. Catabolic glycogen deplete. And then you time your nutrients based off of that. We talked about that, that with duality. We talked about that with the endocrine system. Go back through those modules. Hopefully, it's just tying together. Hopefully, it's just starting to piece together like, ah, oh, okay, this is starting to make sense. These rules are there for us right now. We just got to follow them. We got to push through. We got to accomplish that. Let's wrap this up. Let's go through this in some sort of easy to take home concept. Nutrient timing is relative to something. It could be relative to your health. It could be relative to some sort of goal. If I want to gain weight, it's going to be, how do I have glycogen stores built up or refilled? If I want to lose weight, I need to focus on what is it going to be either to decrease or keep glycogen stores going into that direction of being less filled if I wanted to re build up my glycogen stores carbohydrates are going to be your foundational tool if I wanted to decrease my glycogen stores fat's going to be your primary tool regardless if it's gain or lose protein is going to be your universal thing and that's when I talk about in terms of screening all I'm doing protein is straightforward one gram per pound of body weight keep it simple so if I weigh 200 pounds, you're going to get 800 calories from protein. Then from there, if I wanted to gain weight, okay, I need to increase my calories to a certain number. If I wanted to lose weight, I need to decrease my calories to a certain number. And then I'm going to tip the scales of that caloric need minus my protein to either carbs or fat. Gain weight, carbohydrate to fill up glycogen source. Lose weight, fat to deplete glycogen stores. That's it. That's nutrient timing. And then I want to start to tap into these windows of opportunity. Morning, cortisol, don't want insulin. Post-workout, glycogen depleted, want insulin. Nighttime, really depending on when I work out. Really dependent upon what my goals are. We're really dependent upon my circadian biology. That is a game here, guys. Man, that is a lot to unpack. And quite frankly, if you're doing this without going to the actual module, I don't know if you're going to fully grasp these concepts. You got to get over to the curriculum because this is a absolute need to really understand this and appreciate this. And you got to be able to get on the forum and ask questions because. If I'm sitting there listening to this on your end, maybe driving home or just trying to get some information, 
you're not giving yourself enough enough time and enough available resources to process this. There's a lot to unpack here. All right. Head over to phpodcast.com. Get access to the curriculum. Go to nutrition. Go all the way down. This is like our sixth or seventh module in nutrition. Get on that nutrient timing one. Get back into principles. Go through this practical. We got our case study up. You got to go through all this stuff to really fully process this and grasp this. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys really are getting a lot from this. Um, I'm enjoying talking about it. We can talk about this for days and hours and months on end. So, um, thank you. I just really appreciate everyone for being a part of this. All right. phpodcast.com. 